before we get started today, uh, I got to give a big shout out to Open Fortune. I will say I've, I've been pitching myself every like moment today, being in the Museum of Ice Cream, recording a podcast with the word fuck in it. On top of that, to having a fortune cookie sponsor and talking to higher ed marketers. Uh, it's been a great hell of a day. And uh, you're our last one of the day and I'm stoked, but I'm also stoked to also hear your story and just really, you know, dive in and talk about things maybe you haven't talked about in a while. So uh, without further ado, shout out to Open Fortune for uh, putting this on and being one of the most world's creative ad platforms, reaching 99% of zip codes, 47,000 restaurants reaching people where they're feast in a really creative and interesting way. Um, and more on them later. But before we do that, let's get into the podcast. Today, we're joined by Molly Swagler, a multifaceted professional whose career spans an impressive array of roles and industries. Molly's academic foundation was laid at West Texas A&M University with a BA in mass communication and journalism, followed by a master of arts in media and communication studies from FSU. Molly's career trajectory is as diverse as it is impressive. She began out in the world of broadcast journalism, first as a reporter and producer for KFDA, then as an anchor and reporter for KVII-TV, and later a reporter for KVUE-TV. Transitioning from media to a different spotlight, she became a regional manager for EMF Broadcasting and delved into public affairs at Florida State University Communications. Her career then took an international turn with a stint as a university professor in Ukraine with the Peace Corps. Molly's creative also shown through her work as a freelance director, writer, and talent in multimedia production. Following her diverse experiences, Molly ventured into the world of tourism, tourism as a VP at the Tourism Leadership Council in Georgia. She further owned her skills in academia at, Savannah, in, at the Savannah College of Arts and Design, ultimately becoming their student director of international student services. Now, Molly is making her mark at the University of Pittsburgh as the Assistant Vice Provost for Enrollment and Executive Director of Enrollment Outreach, a role she's been dedicated to for over four years. So, Molly, how the fuck did you get that job? <laughs> That's impressive that you pulled all that together. That's yeah. really great. Um, yeah, it was, it was uh, how did I get that job? Yeah. It was, um, that's an interesting, when you put it all together like that, it really sounds like what did I do to get this? And I will tell you, this job that I'm in now came about because my sister talked to somebody at a basketball game. That's, I mean, that's like most stories. That's, <laughs> that's where you go to network, right? Yeah. We're at a conference, but you really got to be going to, was it a high school basketball game? College it, was, basketball? it was a college basketball game, and, um, and I was living in Savannah, Georgia. And my sister was living, she had just moved to Pittsburgh and she was at a basketball game and just struck up a conversation with somebody. She had been trying to get me to move to Pittsburgh. She's like, please come to Pittsburgh. I really want you there. And, um, and I was like, why? I, why mess with the mojo? I've got something good here. And she said, um, I talked to this lady at a basketball game and there's this position open and I think you'd be amazing at it. It's like, all right. Well, it was just one of those where I just put it in um, on a Friday and then uh, later that day I got a call and said can you be in Pittsburgh for an 11-hour interview where you present in front of people for this job. Jesus, that, that is a long interview and I've never even heard of an 11-hour <laughs> yeah. interview. Nor had I. Yeah. I, I, I want to get to what you're doing at Pittsburgh but okay. I think we need to explain your story from the beginning yeah. uh, to get to the basketball game where it <laughs> happened. Right. Um, 
So growing up, right, mm -hmm. where, where'd you grow up? In Amarillo, Texas. Okay, and when you were in Amarillo, like what were the childhood dreams and when your first grade teacher asked you, uh, yeah. what do you want to be when you grew up? What was that answer? Yeah, um, uh, it was uh, a cardiologist. In first grade? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think I was using that word, but I was wow. like, I definitely want to work with hearts. Okay. <laughs> what about hearts? Um, I didn't, you know, it was probably something that I saw on a love boat, uh, sure. you know, show. And I was like, you know, this, they seem like they have made it. If they're okay. on a cruise with a love boat, I think I need to do this. There this you is, go. This is my future. And where did the, where did you realize that cardiologists might not be in your future? Well, I, you know, I was, um, none of my family had gone to college. We, uh, I'm a first gen college student. Actually, my mom and my sister and I kind of did college together. Very cool. I know. And so it was my sister who's a little older than me. She's also the one that got me to Pittsburgh. She was the one who was like, you got to go to college, you got to do this. And so that's how I ended up. And, and so when you're making that college decision process, right mm -hmm. now you're marketing to the know, college right, decision right. process, but for you during that time, you're making that decision. Everybody kind of makes it with their family, right? Or, mm -hmm. or loved ones or people they trust. Um, you decided with your sibling as well as your mom. Yeah. What did that decision process look like? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, um, so then I, junior year of high school, um, I really wanted to get out of Amarillo, Texas because it's Amarillo, Texas. And if you know where Amarillo, Texas where, yeah, is, where is yeah. it? Um, northern part of Amarillo, it is so flat. You can see the back of your head. Um, and there is, it's where, um, it's a lot of really beautiful people, but it is a desert wasteland. And I say that with love to all mm -hmm. of my friends in Amarillo right now. Um, and I wanted to get out. So I applied to, um, an Interlochen Arts Academy, which is a boarding school. Now, we grew up in a trailer park. We had no Interlochen, money. Interlochen, like? The Interlochen Arts Academy in, in Michigan. In Michigan, okay. So I applied in my junior year to do senior year at Interlochen. I had never been out of Texas. I didn't, this was not anything. Friday Night Lights? Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. yeah, we were at football games, sure. but that was it. Um, and so I applied to go to Interlochen Arts Academy to study theater because I had taken a class down at the like community college after school and this teacher was like, hey, there's this thing. And this was in the 90s, that mm -hmm. was before internet, like it's, you know, mm -hmm. Google this. And so I just like wrote off, sent a VHS tape of me like doing a little something, a little interpretive dance that I've prepared for you today. There you go. No, um, and so <laughs> we did this and then I got in through a scholarship and, and um, that's how I got out. So then I was like, oh, this is amazing. But I didn't really, uh, theater was, uh, was a lot of fun, but I really wanted to study journalism. It was mm -hmm. the stories that, that kind of uh, excited me. And was the journalism, did you pick up just from watching the local news or reading the paper? What was I your medium? I pretended to be Walter Cronkite at my kitchen table for years. So it was just in the blood. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would like swoop the hair over, like put on a, I was in my head Walter Cronkite. And so what, how do you make that dream a reality? Obviously you ended up being in broadcast journalism for a while. Yeah, so I studied at West Texas A&M University. They have a really great journalism program. And it, because it was local, it was affordable, it was all of those things. And so I studied um, journalism there, graduated in three years. And um, while I was, yes, right there, um, while I was there, um, I did an internship at KFDA. That's what you mentioned in mm -hmm. the first part. That's the CBS affiliate there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I got, they put me on air when I was 20. And you, so you walk in the newsroom, right? Mm -hmm. What was expectation versus reality when uh, there's Brody right in the fire? Yeah, so the, the expectation was, um, 
Newsrooms are a little competitive in, in terms of like everybody's fighting for the top story mm -hmm. of the day. And so when you walk into the newsroom at 20 as an intern, they're like, here's a story about a model train. Can you make this interesting? And so I was like, oh, bring it on. Let's go. Um, and so then it was about going and using curiosity to go and find an interesting story out of a model train exhibit. Sure. And mm -hmm. so do you remember the first time being on air? Oh, yeah. I was terrified. And my voice was really high because I was very young and I was so nervous. Oh, it was, yeah. Do you have a terrible. recording of that stuff? Probably in my basement somewhere. Yeah, on no Beta. Right. Do you remember Beta? No, it's okay. Do you remember Beta? So, look, I'm showing my age. I'm showing my age. It's okay. <laughs> so what was Beta? You gotta just, I, we could scrap this part, but yeah. I want to know what Beta was. Beta is, um, it's, a, uh, a, it's a format. You probably know what this is, what a Beta is. It's like, everything's digital now, but before you would actually put video on tapes. Oh, and like, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it was like VHS, it, but it was better. It was before VHS. It was beta. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They rebranded, or it got a better version of it. <laughs> Something like that. Something yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. So you end up telling your first news story and your your high pitch. Yeah. Like, so how did you go about learning and kind of you know owning your craft? Great mentors, um, and so some of the people in the newsroom would be like, "Hey, next time you do this, lower your voice, or next time you do this, sure. like cheat over this way, or um, instead of starting with um, a story that talks about facts and figures, start with the human element." Mm -hmm. And how do you go about taking that criticism like constructively? Were you just all ears? Oh yeah, no. Well, it it it's, was hard at first. I would get um, handwritten letters about my eyebrows uh, and how bad they are. And I didn't even know because I was like, they're just eyebrows. Like, just like from go. random randos. Folk? I had um, love letters from the prison. Uh, I had like the fire department would uh, see what I was wearing every day, and they'd be like, I noticed that you. I guess it's small town, like, so there's yeah. not much going on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're like, you're the right. You're you're the face you're of the, the town. You're the face, yeah. That's wild. It was fun. It was really fun. What was the biggest thing you learned from like just you know working in the smaller like uh, news? news outlets and being an anchor? Uh, the curiosity will get you a long way. If you ask questions humbly and, and, uh, and you can get a long way and get, and, a, get a story. And how do you go about, because there is that competitive nature, right? I went to yeah. Syracuse, a lot of people study broadcast yeah. journalism. It's a fight, it's a dog right. fight, right? right. Like, and right. sometimes it can get ugly. Like, how do you differentiate yeah. yourself, but also like stay, you know, neutral with everybody? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and like still be a human, correct, right? Correct, yeah, correct. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Syracuse is a really great J school, by the way. Um, so I, you know, I, I had to figure out how to um, get a job, and I think this is kind of the nature of this podcast. So yep. I really wanted to get a job at KVU, which is the ABC affiliate in Austin, Texas. And so um, the big city. I, yeah, yeah, big city. And I was like, how do I do this? Where you're not going to get all the. You're not. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. going to be like yeah, it's, um, there's and there's a 500 people vying for one, you know, spot, right? One general assignment reporter. And so um, I went down and I met with the, uh, the news director because I had an inside of somebody that used to work there. And they were like, it just happened to take me on a tour. And I just happened to be like, oh, well, I just happened to have this tape right here and, um, to make all this connection. And bottom line, the news director said, um, you look and sound too young. So I'm so sorry. This is not for, for me. And so I was like, oh, OK, this is a challenge then. If, if it's not the storytelling chops, if it's sure. just that I look young. So I got out my typewriter and I wrote a letter and I said, dear news director, um, I have taken up smoking and I've stopped sleeping and, uh, and I am now um, looking a lot older. Yeah, I was like, and I did it as a tongue jest. And I said, in were you, all seriousness. No, it? I really did. And I wrote the letter. No, no, and I said, no, were you actually? No, 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 no. <laughs> I know. But it was like, and then I said, in all jest, 
Um, just because of the way I look doesn't mean I can't tell a story. Here are story ideas that I have for your newscast today. And then every day I would send another story idea. And I'd be like, here's something that I think and would be a really good story. And just leave it at the front door or just email Yeah, I would mail it or email it. it. We yeah. did have email back okay. then. Yeah. Um, and so I would, I would send off the story idea. And then um, every once in a while he'd take my call because I'd also just call and be like, hey, I have the story idea I want to run you by. And he would take my call every once in a while. And uh, he had a conversation about Dr. Pepper, so I would like send him a case of Dr. Pepper. And I mean, I'm making $5 an hour. Like it is nothing, but I was like, I'm but gonna get a But a lot of people want that role, right? And, and I got you, it. You need, yeah. to, need to separate yourself somehow. Yeah. How long did you go mm -hmm. doing those things and telling him, like, I'm smoking one pack a day, I'm smoking <laughs> That two was just one, it was just yeah. one, so he would read the letter. Sure, yeah. sure, but yeah. like, how many like letters or the t duration of time before he was like, all right, yeah, I, I'll, I'll give in. It was an eight month campaign. Damn. Yeah. Talk about like uh, creating a job for yourself. Right? Yeah, that's, that's right. Not, that's right. That, that's like what I was looking for. Yeah. Before in telling you is it's not just necessarily like I applied on LinkedIn, I wrote yeah. a cover letter, I got the job, right? right. So that, I mean that shows like your grit and also mm -hmm. like I'm sure you brought that into a lot of a lot of work. Uh, I want to talk about uh, you know the actually real pause. I want to get your career trajectory right. Okay. Um, Florida State before uh, Peace Corps? Yes. Okay. So you end up going to the Seminoles, right? Mm -hmm. Florida State. What about higher ed and that university in specific made that the right place for you? It was my sister again. Okay. We've been following <laughs> her around. She's a really great person um, yeah. uh, and a comedian. Um, so it was really funny. But um, she, yeah, she said, uh, come, because I had. Um, I left news. Um, was there a reason you wanted to head out of news? Or? Yes. Yeah, I was covering a story. I was on the grief beat. Have you heard of grief beat? I to, get the gist. You have to talk to people who have lost somebody or who have had somebody that has caused a loss in their life. So you never know how people are going to handle real uplifting grief. stuff. Really uplifting stuff. And so yeah. I, um, I, we jokingly called it the grief beat because that was a way of us dealing with uh, having to have these conversations sure. with, with people. And I was covering you, a story. You signed on to be a therapist. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. And people laugh. They cry. Sure. Um, you know, so you never know what you were going to get or what you're going to kind of come into. And um, a particular story that I, that I came across, the, they were really, they handled it with anger. And so they, um, you know, pulled a gun and, and I had this hot-headed photographer and they started fighting and so I had to de-escalate fast. Mm. And this is not uncommon to be in, in a compromising positions whenever you're doing news, but I had to sort on of de- air. It was not on air, this was just us getting the B-roll or it. getting the video there. So I was de-escalating the situation when, um, when I just went into, uh, um, uh, I, I walked away. I was like, I, I have to walk away. And I thought, I, he's going to shoot me in the back of the head. And so the last thing I see, it was a beautiful morning, the smell of clover. It was like lovely. And, um, and I got in the car and I called, uh, I called the, the news office and I was like, here's what happened. I'm on my way back. I've got this story. And they said, awesome. We're sending the sat truck at top of the six. And so then I was like, oh, I have a real problem with uh, wanting to tell stories that, Just for that change people, yeah. but now he's a part of the story in a way that his grief in that moment yes. um, affected him. And I was like, this is not really what I want to do. I couldn't leave right away, so I, I made some plans to kind of get out. Yeah, I mean, when people show you their true colors, mm -hmm. believe them. So, I mean, mm -hmm. I think you did that, and that's yeah. a wild story, and I'm glad that we're, yeah. we're here talking today, but that yeah. could, that's a little traumatizing, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was the moment. Yeah, and then yeah. I went and uh, lived in Scotland on a farm, 
and lived with a family and they made beer and I delivered beer and picked up their kids from school and so, it was amazing. So you, how'd, you, how'd you get into that? <laughs> Willing Workers was it, Organic Program. Was it, was it, was it like Woof? Yeah, Woof. I did Woof. I just did like, woof? yeah, I looked nice. it up and I was like, okay, this is somebody had said like, oh, you should try this. So clear the palate. Um, it was about three months. Yeah, Great. so after news, I did um, WOLF, which is the worldwide organization on organ on. Failed. Organ. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay, well done. laughs> Thank you. Okay. So after news, I did WOLF, which was the worldwide organization on uh, organic <laughs> farms, which is <laughs> we call it WOLF yeah, for short. Well. Um, and I just signed up for it and I was connected with a farm um, in Munlaki, Scotland. So, so essentially, WOLF, you end up. You volunteer your time, yeah. mm -hmm. they give you housing and food, right? Right, And you right. kind of just hang out. So you were just making beer in Scotland? Yeah, we, I worked on the farm, um, feeding the animals every day, painting the barn, cleaning the chicken coop, making beer, yeah. delivering it, picking up the kids and groceries, that sort of thing. So and how, how long did you do that for? Three months. Three months. Yeah. What, yeah. what did you learn from that uh, You know, whole... The world is a chapter. lot bigger than... Um, than local news? Yeah, in, than the local news. In Texas? Yes. <laughs> it's wild. That's awesome. I I know a couple of people who've done Wolf. Uh, I know it's mostly in like, you know, on farms and stuff. But there is a I found out, and we, we can cut this or keep this. Yeah. But there was there's only one Wolf opportunity in New York City. Oh. And it's a it's the weirdest kind of grossest thing. It's pigeons. There's like a pigeon farm in like Harlem, that like you like hang out with like hundreds of pig of like pigeons racing pigeons no like like pigeons like from like central park like just, like just wild pigeons out. like to like support the pigeon it's a wild <laughs> gross nasty i was like if i'm gonna ever do it it would be something like that, that would be right not like i'm gonna shoot up to morningside and uh <laughs> yeah feed some pigeons but yeah. anyway so yeah. you learned that the world was a <laughs> lot big, bigger a lot, yeah. a lot, lot mm -hmm. bigger mm -hmm. um and then at some point you decided that it you know, making beer in Scotland and woofing wasn't, wasn't... Yeah, it was never the long-term plan. It was sure. really a, a palate cleanser to sure. um, getting out of news. And then, of course, my sister called again. And so there I was in Florida State University working there in their um, public affairs office. And what was that like? What did you bring from news and your like learnings from woof to uh, Tallahassee? Yeah, they wanted me to produce a daily news broadcast. Um, uh, for the radio, like the NPR affiliate there at, um, at WFSU. Cool. And so I did that and it was really fun to tell the stories of the amazing uh, academics uh, at, at Florida State. And did did you start to get the itch then for academia? Yes, a little bit? yes, yes, what yes. Ab what about the culture there and just like the uh, you know, higher ed field really spoke yeah. to you. Yeah, I love higher ed for so many reasons. I mean, you're you're talking about um, students who are beginning their journey and their life. It is an opportunity for them to go and do big and great things. But you're also um, have people who are at the top of their field in whatever research or aspect that they may be studying. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of get the best of both worlds. It's a magical place. Yeah, I'm learning that from just interviewing <laughs> all these cool, cool, amazing people. I so you end up going to the Peace Corps. Yeah. Um, that's a bigger uh, that's a bigger requirement of time, right? Than just yeah. like a wolf, and it's mm -hmm. at least two years, right? That is right. Okay. Yeah. So what made you know that the right choice for you yeah. after Florida State? I did this uh, in all of the. So I started teaching there as well as an adjunct, and in my classes I would do a community. 
assignment. So, you know, go do something in the community. And so we would have community partners come and talk to the class about here's some things that we're doing. And so a um, Peace Corps volunteer, and I was like, hey, you know, I should also do something for my community. Um, and he, he was very persuasive. And so I signed up. Yeah, and they have good salesmen going really around. Really great around, recruiters. All, all around college campuses. Yes. I know yeah. I got approached. Um, but <laughs> I, I have to say, too, like, and you get to decide, right, yes. where you go? Well, it's you not like Teach for down, America? You, well, a little bit. It is a little bit like Teach for America because you you are willing and, and able. And then they say, like, here's some regions you can accept or deny, but you're, you don't really So you don't really, you didn't, you were like, I want, you didn't sign up just for Ukraine. No. Okay. What, you know, I say expectation versus reality, but of that whole experience, like what are your eye, what are you looking to learn and what did you end up learning? I thought I was going to go and help a community, but really I learned a whole lot more than I think I, I gave back to the community. It was fascinating to be um, in Ukraine 2008 through 2010. Um, at a time when the Orange Revolution was just a couple of years mm -hmm. off from the Orange mm -hmm. Revolution. So freedom of press was new um, in the country, relatively new in the country. And so there's a lot of discussion in, in colleges and universities in Ukraine about this idea of freedom of press. And so the, um, the embassy there did some really cool um, uh, policy kind of talks and things like that just to sort of get um, professors talking about what's it. the biggest difference in culture uh, when it comes to careers but also just life in general Ukraine versus you know Florida and Texas oh so many differences yeah. so many differences the people are so nice in Ukraine um, it was uh, the, the people were what, what I, and I would say people are nice in the south as well but what's the difference in the kind of nice okay um, Okay. All right. So in the South, we have uh, we have what you call "bless your heart, nice." Have you heard yeah. of this? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sounds religious, but is it? it uh, well, no. It's it's like. Um, let me let me give you an example. I would be like, um, uh, "Oh, uh, bless your heart. That's a really nice shirt you have on." Like, and it's not. It's a it's a almost a saccharine sweet sort of comment. Bless your heart is okay. Okay. Sort of saccharine sweet. So it's, there's a little, lacks a little authenticity. Okay. In Ukraine, you are getting a lot more authenticity. Yeah. So you get the kindness, but authenticity. Because it's like, bless your heart, like a t-shirt or whatever. It's yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. Like, um, just say nice shirt. If yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I'm just fascinated by uh, cross-cultural exchange and like <laughs> that, uh, you know, I've never been to new Ukraine, or not obviously, but um, that's awesome that yeah. you had that, yeah. that opportunity. Uh, so after two years, you probably had the opportunity to extend or go home, mm -hmm. uh, what made it the right decision for you to come back to uh, stateside? Yeah, I went back, um, I was on the list for uh, foreign service um, and to join the foreign service. And so I went back to um, await like, you know, the next class or whatever. And then I fell in love with a boy and got married and had two kids. And then, and now we're yeah, here. and now we're here. <laughs> um, so I guess, how has like uh, you know the just having a family taught you uh, about you know being a better worker but also a mother? Yeah. Oh, it's <laughs> this um, being a mom has taught me a lot about um, that I'm really not in control of anything. I'm just along for the ride. That's a great answer. And I have to ask, do you have like a cute me cute? What is that? A me cute is like how you met. Oh, oh yeah, we met the old-fashioned way on um, 
on uh, online. Um, <laughs> I, I use that line all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah it's yeah. a good yeah. line. I met my partner online. Yeah. yeah. So my sister, oh my gosh, all roads lead back to Melly White. She's a Pittsburgh-based comic. Um, all roads, so she joined Match.com after I got back from Ukraine and I did not know that she did that. She just signed me up and started winking at people. And then um, she was like, oh, guess what? You have a date tonight. And I was mad So your first. sister really hooks it up. What's she her name? She really, yeah. Melanie White. All right, shout out Melanie. I know, yeah. yeah. Pretty cool. You can check her out. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. We might have clubs. to have her on the podcast. Yeah, you, oh, she's hilarious. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so you end up coming back. You yeah. end up working in the tourism department. Yeah, yeah. In, in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, why, you know, why not higher ed yet? Or did you always have a feeling you were going to go back? Yeah, I, I always wanted to go back to higher ed. That's, um, that was really fun. But it was, uh, tourism was a, um, one of those where we were moving to Savannah for my husband's job. And so then I was like, oh, I guess I have to get a job too. That's sort of what it is. And it was one of those where um, they needed a, an assistant, like part-time assistant or something. So I signed up. And then I was like, you need, also you need this and this and this. And then ended up becoming vice president. Wow. That's, that's unbelievable. Uh, and then you end up going to SCAD. Um, yes. And SCAD's a very interesting place. It is, uh, yeah. I've had cousins who went to SCAD and have yeah. had a wonderful time. Uh, definitely a, a different cool college experience. It is, yeah. yeah. But oh my gosh, that, that is also a magical place too because of the creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, and what were you doing there? So I was um, the senior director over all of the international student services and, and students. So we had about 5,000 international students. There were four campuses um, at that time. And, and so the international students would come from all over the world to study in Savannah or Atlanta. Yeah, and so, um, yeah, they um, needed somebody just to kind of look out for how that international, international student um, how they acclimate, how they get involved in school and in the American school system and everything and, else. And I'm sure that you used your time in yeah. Scotland and Ukraine to Absolutely. really like relate to the, these kids. Do you have any great stories uh, of just like people you met or uh, things you did at SCAD that really stood out? Yeah, my favorite was um, doing orientation. So every year, you know, new students coming from all over the world and um, the parents uh, from different cultures would come. So my favorite were Indian families because the whole family would come and you would meet mom, dad, grandparents, they would bring you gifts sure. and then they would have your phone number and they would call you later to like check on their kid and make sure that they're eating and they're doing their laundry because yeah. they're not used to doing their own laundry. Yeah. So it was just really fun to Indian weddings are also the best. Oh, they're amazing. Yeah, they're so that was the the magic was the, the, very, the people, very, very families. Cool. Yeah. So it's time to land the plane. I finally yeah. got back to the basketball game. Your I sister know. calls wow. you out. Yeah. What, she, what's, yeah. This, what's the scene? So she is, um, she's at this basketball game. She goes, you got to check this out. It is, uh, it's in um, enrollment and admissions. And so I was like, okay, I've never done this before. She said, but they're looking for somebody who specializes in marketing. That was kind of the, the cool. area where they really wanted to kind of focus on. I was like, okay, that I can do. That's good. And, um, and so, uh, like I said, called on or sent the email on Friday, on Tuesday, they said, come to Pittsburgh. Um, there was a breakfast meeting and then there were separate interviews with different teams with a presentation at like 3 p.m. in front of like 100 people. 
um, and I had to prepare this presentation and kind of think of something that would be interesting and memorable. And then it, it finished off with another couple of meeting groups, right. like interviews, and then uh, dinner. So okay. it was all was three meals. Was that your meals. first 11 hour? First time to ever have 11 hour. When they sent you that, were you just like, what the? I was, I was alarmed. I was alarmed, but I was like, okay, if they're going to give me this much time, I mean, usually like right as marketers, was, we're always think, fighting for time. You didn't think it was a scam like this podcast. <laughs> I did think this was a, was a scam. No, I thought, well, um, I didn't think I had a chance at, sure. the, at the job. So. And, and then when did you realize you had that chance? I nailed it. Yeah, I got there and I was like, I connected with people, the questions that they were asking. It, was, it was just amazing. Um, <laughs> so what... They brought you on. What were some of the pain points that they were feeling at Pitt? Because, I mean, Pitt is a, you know, everybody knows about it, right? Uh, yeah. It has such a great brand. Uh, but what were they looking for you to accomplish? Um, so they wanted, uh, they needed more applications. They wanted to see uh, more students apply. They wanted to um, um, reimagine the visit experience and, mm -hmm. and um, think about we have so we have uh, 90,000 people who come and visit University of Pittsburgh just to check it out every year um, and then we had uh, a marketing team that was small and needed to grow and sort of develop in its own and, and um, a new channel marketing cloud Salesforce mm -hmm. marketing cloud to kind of navigate that too. what have you found that's really worked and what have you doubled down on what, like what has worked the most? Like what yeah. tactic yeah, yeah, yeah. has worked? Okay, we have, um, and I just met this, there was a guy at the conference, and he was like, hey, I went to Pitt. And, and I said, okay, how did you, why? It's always the question, like, why did you choose Pitt? Because he's from LA. He goes, there was this video that you sent, um, and it like made all the difference. And I knew exactly which video it was. It was a personalized video where it takes somebody through a movie trailer of their life in Pittsburgh with them Very as POV. Cool. And then we have like the name come up. And so it says like, congratulations on your um, spot, where are you from and all this kind of stuff. So it goes Very into this really Very cool. personal touch. And what are you most excited about with what you're working on today? Um, today, Oh, today's issues are like people issues, you know, like trying to manage and maintain the team and sure. all the things that go along with that because I have the most amazing team and I want to make sure that they give us some shout outs. Feel, I know Aaron Black McIntyre, who's the director of marketing communications, looking at you. You're amazing. I just want to support them. Amazing. Yeah. So we talked a lot about your you know, career and all your travels and all that good stuff. Um, what's something you're super just proud of with your personal life and just like any hobbies? Uh, Molly is a person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Molly is a person. Yeah, no, I love. Um, I, I have two amazing kids who keep me really busy. So that's my life outside of work. There you go. Yeah. And what, what are they up to? Um, uh, my daughter, they're into everything that is writing, storytelling, um, theater, singing, uh, anything that is uh, all about the show. And they're amazing. There you go. Yeah. I Calvin that, and my son is all about destruction and then rebuilding. Destruction and rebuilding. <laughs> yes. That's the important yeah, part. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he has fun doing it. Mm, of sure. course, of course. Before we enter the lightning round, we got to give a big shout out to Open Fortune. Open Fortune has one of the most world's creative ad platform uh, where people actually are getting ads when they are about to think about their future. Uh, there was actually a funny article that came out 
two days ago. Uh, when this comes out, it'll probably be like three weeks ago. But from uh, a student at Idaho State, who, a prospective student who was thinking about playing volleyball at multiple different like locations, especially across the country from Idaho. And uh, she's got a fortune that said, you don't have to go far to see success and that made her stay at Idaho State. Like for real, just happened like yesterday. So shout out to her, shout out to Idaho State, uh, and uh, shout out to the Fortune Cookie for making that magic happen. So let's open these bad boys and see if it had anything to do with uh, what we just spoke about. Do you eat the Fortune Cookie? Uh, I do because I want to stay on brand. So it's turned oh, into like my like snack at, yes. like when I'm home and working. Uh, but I've ate so many that mm -hmm. then I've stopped, like, I'm like, okay, like I need my taste palette. I yeah. need to clean it. Mm -hmm. So uh, you, what about you? You're gonna, uh, I, no, I don't eat the fortune cookie. Do you open them? But I do open okay. them, of course, yeah. and follow them. But okay, Peyton, I'm so sorry. I have to get my glasses because I'm pushing 50. What? I think it's so funny that you <laughs> thought, thought that this was a scam. Yeah, she, she, she thought the podcast was a scam. I did. Oh, I don't know. I, I don't any I was like yeah. I was like, yeah, we're at the museum of ice well, cream we're recording. And um it, like it's a bunch of fellas, right? You yeah. know? And you're like, ooh, what is this? I know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Ooh. My numbers are four, nine, twenty. No, what is it? Are we reading it out loud? Yeah, you okay. go first. Uh you can run but you can't hide. There we go. And who's the brand on the back? Duolingo, which is a Pittsburgh-based company. Yeah, it is. Yes. Uh, mine says, you will soon discover exactly what you need. And Northern Arizona, go Lumberjacks. Nice. There we go. All right. So you open your fortune cookie every time? Yes. Right. I'm the same way. You have to. I remember when I was a kid, when I was like little, mm -hmm. I would always like dig the bag for the fortune cookies before uh, eating the food and just, I wouldn't eat them at the time and I would just yeah, read what was going straight on. straight into it. Um, all right, rapid fire. Okay, rapid okay. fire, here we go. Person you'd most want to sit down to dinner with. I think those, I like those glasses, by the way. Oh, thank you very much. Um, Sorry, Stephen looks so funny behind I, you. Oh, you got the thing. <laughs> He's got the thing. Um, the person I would most want to, like, um, Dead or alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, Tina Fey. That's a good one. Favorite city in the world? Pittsburgh. Is it okay to sleep with socks on? You do you. That's like such a middle, like, kind of, mm -hmm. it's okay, but I don't approve. Uh, favorite <laughs> rom-com? Um, Mrs. Doubtfire. Favorite place to travel internationally? Um, Ukraine. In 40 years, what will people be nostalgic for? They will be nostalgia for podcasts. What's the worst advice you've ever been given? Uh, follow your heart. In one sentence, how would you sum up the internet? Fast. What's one thing people don't... Word. Yeah, that's it. Fast period is a, is a sentence. Yeah. Um, what's... Or, in one, or you said that, sorry. Uh, what's one thing that people don't understand about college marketing? that it is, um, it's a hard experience for the consumer, that they're going through a lot right now. I like that. Who's somebody you think should hop on this podcast? 
I want to turn the tables and ask you a bajillion questions. So. Well, we're, I'll be here. Okay, good. I'll be here. Okay, good. Let's do it. Uh, in 10 years, where can we catch you? Uh, I'll be in Pittsburgh, yeah. There we go. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Molly, okay. thank you so thank much you so for much. bringing the energy. Yeah. I, I needed it. <laughs> um, and uh, let's, let's have a good time at the Museum of Ice Cream. Yeah, thanks for having me. Amazing. This is really fun. Great, thank you. Yeah. And not a scam. Not a scam. Not a scam. Not a scam.